Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Redemption Hill podcast. We are a community of people learning the way of Jesus to bless our city of Boise, Idaho, and beyond. Redemption Hill is a unique place. We are a collective of micro churches that do life together throughout the week and gather on Sundays to grow, worship, and celebrate what God is doing in our city. You are invited to join us Sundays at 9 a.m. at Discovery Church in Boise, where you can find the community you need in any season of your life. More details can be found at redemptionboise.org. Up next is the teaching segment from this week's Sunday Gathering. Afterwards, stay tuned for more information on how to get connected at Redemption Hill. Good morning. How are you guys doing? If I haven't met you yet, uh, so far you've been lucky. I have to change that for you today. My name is uh, Kyle Cabral. Um, in my professional life, I am a professional Bible nerd. I teach Bible at Coal Valley High School. Um, and I'm also uh, on staff here as a pastoral resident. Um, if you don't know what that means, I don't either. It doesn't matter. Um, just kidding. Um, all right. So we've been talking about prayer. Um, and something I wanted to start off with is this idea that um, you've heard the phrase uh, being a prayer warrior. And we have this idea of what a prayer warrior looks like. Everybody gets together to pray, and they're the one that's going to be praying a lot. It's going to be big, colorful, lots of great, beautiful words. It's really amazing. And for me, I, for a long time, was really self-conscious about it because that's not what feels natural to me when I go to pray. My prayers are typically pretty short, um, not real long, um, it's not because I don't get excited about words. I can write some poetry or things like that. But just somehow when it comes time to talk to God, I just have something simple to say, and then I listen. And I was really self-conscious about that for a long time. And then I came to realize that's just my relationship with God. It doesn't make me less of a prayer warrior. It means that's my way of talking with God. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you that if as we wrestle with this idea of prayer, if you've seen that person and you felt like something was wrong with you because that was not you, I want to encourage you, that's not the case at all. Um, your way of talking to God is probably going to be very much in line with your personality. Uh, we all have different love languages, different ways that we communicate, and it's okay for that to be. Um, uh, Teresa of Avila uh, had said that prayer is just a conversation with God. So you're going to talk to God in the way that feels natural to you. Um, so as we're talking today, I want to talk about how to tune our ears to the right station. Um, we think about prayer. We often focus on how do we communicate with God. But today, we're going to kind of consider some ideas about listening. Uh, I have been blessed to be married for many years to my best friend, Heather. And when you first get married, one of the things you have to learn how to do is how to shut up and listen, right? Um, I have lots that I could say, but what I need to do is I need to stop and hear her and truly listen to her, right? And, and the same is true in our relationship with God, that we spend a lot of time talking what we really need to do, though, is stop and spend a lot of time listening as well. Um, 
In Scripture, as well as in our experiences, we see that God has a lot of different ways that he shepherds us and guides us along. Um, Sometimes it might appear that God is manipulating a situation around us um, to, to care for us. Uh, sometimes people will refer to this as opening and closing of doors. Um, sometimes people play it like it's a game show. We'll just keep opening doors until we see which one actually works. I don't know if that's the point, but there is some validity to the idea that God does guide us along the way. Um, I, You guys get songs stuck in your head sometimes, right? Uh, the other day I had um, Call Me Maybe stuck in my head. I don't know where it came from. Don't hate, though. You guys all love that song. Um, so it was stuck in my head. It was driving me nuts. I, I don't know where it came from. Well, that happens sometimes for me with Scripture. A couple weeks ago I had a Scripture that was floating around in my brain. It wouldn't stop. All Scripture is relevant, but I wasn't understanding why it was there, um, what God was trying to tell me. And then a few days later, our principal called me into the office and said, hey, um, I want you to speak to the students. Uh, and instantly it was like, okay, that's what that verse was for. Before I left the office, I knew what I was supposed to speak on with the students. And um, I think God handed me that. Okay. Sometimes God does those types of things for us. Sometimes um, something happens where it's clear that God intervenes. Uh, I have a bit of a heavy foot. Um, keep praying for me, please. Um, I used to have this bad habit of as soon as the light turns green, I would shoot forward. And one day I was slightly distracted when the light turned green, and then I realized I was distracted. And right before I jumped forward, a car flew through the intersection. Uh, they ran the red light. Had I jumped forward like normal, it would have smashed into the driver's side. I believe God intervened. In that moment, he said, I'm not ready for you to go yet. We'll distract you for a second, right? God intervenes. He does different things in our life. But I don't think that's the extent of his full interaction with us. I do believe that um, he really, really wants to interact with us closer. Um, in 1 Kings 19... There's a story where the prophet Elijah really desperately wants to hear from God. He's facing hard stuff, and he's desperate to hear from God. And when we're desperate to hear from God, um, I don't know about you, but there's been so many times when I've felt like, God, it would be so amazing if there was a burning bush right now, because I feel so lost, I need you to speak to me. Make it loud and clear. Well, in 1 Kings 19, God tells him, Go, go out there. Go stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is about to pass by. What is it going to look like when the Lord passes by? It says that there's a great powerful wind that tears the mountain apart and shatters the rocks before the Lord. Imagine being there for that. That would be crazy. Um, but it says the Lord's not in that wind. An earthquake comes, but the Lord is not in the earthquake. A fire comes. The Lord is not in the fire. After the fire comes a gentle whisper. And Elijah hears it. He pulls his cloak over his face, and he goes out and stands at the mouth of the cave, and that's what he hears. It's the Lord's quiet voice. 
It would be amazing, right, if there was big fireworks or a burning bush. But have you ever thought about how the people in Scripture feel when they encounter those moments? When Moses encounters the burning bush, I think he wants to step back out. We see him resisting it. He's scared. He's confused. He doesn't actually want that burning bush. And if you could imagine, if I was walking up the street right now and I encountered a burning bush that started talking to me, I don't think I'd get all excited. I might need new pants, right? It would be like, what did I eat for breakfast that I'm seeing this? It's, I don't think those big crazy experiences are actually all that we think they would be. They're more traumatic for the people that experience them. Um, but God does speak to us in a quiet voice. Um, in a picture, what does that quiet voice sound like? Um, somebody whispering in your ear. Um, side story, I, I grew up really active in the San Francisco underground music scene. Um, very involved with punk rock and indie rock and being very active in the rave scene and all of that. So there'd be all this loud music and inevitably you'd be in the middle of this song and somebody would decide that was the time they wanted to say something to you and they'd try to shout something in your ear and it was like, I have no idea what you're saying. Can you wait till the break in the song? Okay. Do you have breaks in the song in your life? Do you have those moments when instead of the loud noise, you set aside time to let it get calm and quiet? Oftentimes our lives are just so crammed so full of activity that those breaks in the song don't come up. We don't set aside space to hear the quiet whisper, which seems to be the preferred way for God to speak to us. Um, in 1 Samuel 3, there's this story. Um, I need to give you some context on it. Um, if you're not overly familiar with your Old Testament, in the book of Judges, um, it starts off great. It kind of has this nice peak with the judge Deborah. And then after Deborah, the whole story is just a massive nosedive. It's one of my most unfavorite sections of Scripture because all these horrible stories. Um, and as we get to the end of the book of Judges, the people of Israel really don't know how to hear God anymore. For the most part, they've completely rejected God in their life. Um, there's only a small remnant of people who are still trying to seek God. Um, and as we get to the beginning of the book of Samuel, we encounter a woman named Hannah, who is one of those few people who still is actively trying to seek God. And she shows up to the tabernacle with a really heartfelt prayer. And while she's praying, the high priest himself, Eli, is so unfamiliar with communicating with God that he doesn't even recognize that she's doing a heartfelt prayer. He thinks that she is drunk. Um, so she prays, and God does give her an answer to her prayer. She wants a son, and she does get a son, and his name is Samuel. And she dedicates Samuel to serve God. Um, and so that's where the story I'm going to look at right now is, is picking up, is we have this young boy, Samuel, who is also wanting to actively seek God, but he's being mentored by the high priest, Eli, who is pretty relatively clueless about God. And so it's an odd combination. 
So it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, which, by the way, that's a, that's a word play. Um, when it says that his eyes, that he could barely see, yes, he's old, his vision is getting weak, but the author also wants you to recognize he can barely see God. Okay? Um, and he's lying in his usual place. And then it tells us that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. That's also a word play. The lamp of God was a lamp in the tabernacle that would burn throughout the night, keeping the tabernacle lit up, reminding them that God is always present with them. Um, but the author wants you to see it as God hasn't forgotten Israel. He hasn't given up hope. There are still a small remnant of people. Okay, The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel is there in the tabernacle, even sleeping in the tabernacle. Eli, the high priest, sleeps wherever. The Lord called to Samuel. And Samuel answered and said, here I am. And then he runs to Eli and he says, Eli, you called me. And Samuel, I'm sorry, Eli, of course, is like, kid, it's the middle of the night. What are you doing? Um, as parents, we probably can't relate to this at all. Um, and he says, just, everything's good. Just go back to bed, Samuel. So Samuel goes back to bed. And then a minute later, a little bit later, um, God calls again, Samuel. Samuel, being a good kid, um, gets up and, and runs and says, Eli, you called me. And Eli says, Samuel, what are you doing? It's 4 o'clock in the morning. Come on now. Go back to bed. This is, of course, the Kyle version of the story. Um, and what it tells us, though, in verse 7, is that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He loves God. He wants to serve God. But Eli hasn't enlightened him and, and mentored him into what it looks like to faithfully hear from God. So he doesn't know what's going on. It says that the, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And then it says, a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he goes to Eli. Here I am, you called me. And then finally, Eli, the high priest who probably should have known all along what was going on, finally the light bulb comes on and he says, okay, I think it's the Lord calling. So go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel went, he lays down in his place. And then it says, now that he's ready to listen, now that he's prepared to hear from God, it says, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. It says that the Lord came and stood there. I wonder if this is more based off of Samuel's perception. Because God's always present. Did he really just finally show up and stand there, or was he present there the whole time? Is it just that Samuel maybe now becomes aware of his presence? Um, I think the text is a little unclear right there. That's a speculation on my part. But I think sometimes we are unaware of God's presence. We're not tuned into it. We don't listen to it. Um, I hear people pray sometimes and they ask for the Holy Spirit to fill this place. 
the Holy Spirit's already here. It's us that need to be receptive to him, right? Um, he's, he's always present. It's us that needs to tune into what he is doing. Um, in the house I grew up in, people don't listen to each other. If you go to our family gatherings, good luck to you. Um, if you go to our family gatherings, what will happen is someone will ask you a question. But before you could even start to answer the question, the next person starts talking. And then somebody interrupts them, and then the next person starts talking. And the truth is no one's actually ever listening to each other. Nobody ever gets to feel like they are heard. Um, I think we do that with God when we're praying. God, I want you to answer my prayer. God, give me some wisdom. Help me to understand what's happening. But we never stop talking to actually hear what he has to say. When I get on a phone call with my dad, I only talk to him a couple times a year. He lives on the other side of the country, and it's just kind of the way our relationship is. But when you talk to him, you get on the phone with him, and he's going to just start talking right away. He's going to tell you about weather, sports, his health, all the things that you're dying to hear. And then finally, he might get around to ask you a question. You start to answer the question, and then he starts talking on something else. And when he's run out of words or when he's done talking, he says, okay, well, it was good to hear from you. And then he'll get off the phone. Um, again, we do that with God so often. We, we don't stop to listen. Walking with God requires an intentional setting aside our life, an intentional seeking, the silence. In Scripture, there's this concept of the wilderness, and sometimes the wilderness can be something that's negative for people, but there's times in Scripture where the wilderness is actually a good thing. Um, think about the wilderness. Now, when you picture the wilderness, it doesn't mean they go camping in a nice, beautiful, wooded area. If you were to look at actual pictures of the wilderness that they were traveling through, they were sparse, nothing to be distracted by. Bless you. It's just simple sparseness. Um, when they leave Egypt, God takes the people out into the wilderness. And for a period of time, there's nothing there but them and God. An opportunity to wrestle with God. An opportunity to hear from God. An opportunity to see what God is doing. Um, when we already talked now about Elijah... When Elijah went to seek God, he went out into the wilderness. He went somewhere where there was no cell reception. Um, he wasn't going to get a text message in the middle of his time of prayer, and he wasn't blasting some worship music that supposedly would bring him closer to God. He went to a place where it was going to be him and God and quiet. Uh, John the Baptist, when he's getting ready to step out into his ministry, you hear that he goes out into the wilderness to prepare. Same with Jesus. First thing Jesus does at the beginning of his ministry, he goes out into the wilderness, and we talk about the temptations he faced there, but the reality is those temptations were him wrestling with the ideas of what it's going to mean for him to step into his ministry. And the whole time he's there, he's still interacting with God, quoting scripture that he knows, answering questions, facing challenges, wrestling with who is he before God. Do you ever take time to step out into that wilderness? Do you ever set aside time to go to a place where it's quiet? A place where you're not going to pull up Instagram or get a text message or whatever it is. 
Do you go into those places of silence? Now, you might be looking at your life and saying, where in the world will I find space for quiet? Um, do you drive? That's a time when you can face, you can experience some quietness. I am a dad and I have young kids. It's hard to find space where it's quiet. Driving is a place where you can find that. Um, this one might sound crude, but it's a truth. Do you go to the bathroom? Um, as a parent, sometimes that's a safe zone. If you tell them you're pooping, they'll give you space. Um, washing dishes. If there's still dirty dishes in the sink while you're washing, I think people will give you space. Um, for me, I take quiet time in the shower. I live in a household of women. They're not going to bother me. Um, but seriously, I'll go into the shower. It's just me. Um, and it's a nice time to just be able to take some deep breaths and rest in him. Maybe if there's something that's heavy on my heart, I'll share it for a minute. But I'll just take that time to just rest in his love, his acceptance, his wisdom. Just feel his presence in that time. It's an amazing way to start the day. Um, and I'll sometimes hear God giving me a gentle whisper. Sometimes I'll feel something tugging my heart, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I need to pray for that person again. Or, oh, there we go. That's an amazing thesis for that paper that I have to write. Thank you, God. Thank you for that, Tim. Um, whatever it is, I'll just sit there in the quiet, and all of a sudden, I'll get something. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's just resting in him. We have this misconception. I struggle with it a lot, this idea that we have to produce. But do you understand that you are not who you, what you produce? That is not you. You are not what you accomplish. You're a child of God, and he loves you. And sometimes I love to just, well, my wife is sitting there with my daughter right there. They're just cuddling. This might sound really crazy, but sometimes I like to just sit and cuddle with God. It's real. Don't let it be cheesy. It's real. Allow yourself to do it. It's powerful to just sit and be with him. All right. So what I want to do this morning, sometimes sitting in silence is hard to do. Sometimes just being silent with God is challenging for us because we're so used to all the noise. We don't know what to do with it. Oftentimes, even in church, when we're going to have prayer time, we have to have somebody come up and make some music for us because we can't handle the silence. And I get it. If you hang out with me in my house, there's always music playing. If, if I'm not working, if I'm, let's say I'm folding laundry, I'll have a, a podcast or an audiobook going. My wife makes fun of me for it, that there's always strange voices in her house. Um, I do get the idea of always wanting something going, but it's also important to just stop. If you were going to have a deep conversation with somebody you care about, you don't necessarily need a soundtrack for it, right? Just stop. Take in the silence. So what I'm going to do, though, to help us, because sometimes this is a little hard, I'm going to walk us through a form of, it's, it's a, a spiritual practice of divine reading. Um, 
if you're not used to sitting in silence, this is a nice way to initiate the time of listening to God. And the way it works, and so I'll just give you a little heads up before we start, is there's going to be a text. You pick a short text, just whatever. A short text is key. And you read it. And then after you read it, you take a moment to just reflect on it. It's not a moment to dive into the context and breaking it all down. I can get into some biblical interpretation. Don't get me started. But that's not what this is. This is a moment of breathing in God's imagination. Okay? It's just look at the words of the Scripture, what speaks to you, what stands out to you in that moment, and then just reflect on that, let it sit there and rest in it, and we'll do that a couple of times. And then after we do it a couple of times, take a moment, we'll take a moment to pray and ask God what he wants us to know about that. Maybe you need some forgiveness for something that you're not doing that the text brought up for you, or maybe you want God to do some transforming of your heart in that area that popped up for you. After we pray, we'll just sit in silence for a minute, and that's a time for you to just sit there. Maybe he'll give you some words. Maybe he won't, and that's okay. It's okay to just be in silence and just feel his presence for a moment, okay? One tip I want to give you, though, I kind of already hinted at this. When you go to spend time with God, don't bring electronics in. Please don't. I would encourage you. When you go to have quiet time with God and you're going to read your Bible, I would encourage you to not do it on your phone. Don't do it on a computer. Actually do it with a hard copy Bible. And there's a reason why. Studies show, first of all, your comprehension is higher, your retention is higher, and it removes all distractions. That would be my encouragement to you is to use a hard copy Bible when you spend time with God. It doesn't mean you're a sinner if you use your phone every once in a while. You won't be struck by lightning for it. But I would strongly encourage you to use your hard copy Bible um, when you go to spend time with God. All right? So there's not going to be music. If you can't handle that, we'll pray for you. It's okay. Um, but just take in the silence. Enjoy it. If you have young children, you don't know what silence is. This is that moment. Okay? All right. Um, so this will be our text for the moment, okay? So just join me in prayer. Father, we want this moment to be a time with you, without distractions. We're going to step into the wilderness for a few minutes. There's nothing to take in, not even a beautiful waterfall or anything. The beauty in front of us, Lord, is you. As we reflect on this text, just... Just trigger our imagination, our creativity, our space with you. Just let us rest in you. Any distractions that might pop up, Lord, I just pray that you will keep them back and let this just be a time for us to hear your voice. All right, our text says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Now just take a moment to just listen to those words in your head. What jumps out to you? And just take a moment to rest in whatever it is that jumps out to you.
as an example, the word give is what jumps out to me. And what I'm seeing in my mind is the generosity of God and how he cares for us so sacrificially, so generously. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. here we can step into a space of, of praying about what we saw in the text, what spoke to us. So I'll share with you guys, I will pray my prayer, and you can kind of hear how I do it. Father, I am not always as generous as I, I think you would want me to be, but I look at you and I am in awe of how generous and how loving, how caring you are. Please work in my heart to help me to become a better reflection of you when it comes to generosity. And now I'm just going to step into some silence before him. This is a practice that can be done in a short amount of time. But honestly, I would tell you that the best way to do it is to set aside an even longer amount of time. Um, to People that do it sometimes will do it for an hour at a time easily, um, going through these steps much slower than what we've done this morning. Um, Father, we thank you for your beautiful presence with us the opportunity to sit before you, to rest with you, to take you in, to breathe you in, to walk in true relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining me, guys. Um, I, hope, I hope it was helpful for you. Um, I would just pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection, where you can fill out the connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at redemptionboise. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.